Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awaija, and Purple Mafia is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. As once again, a Minnesota Vikings season comes and goes as the Minnesota Vikings indeed today lose to the Chicago Bears 24-10 to and the Philadelphia Eagles end up winning 24 to nothing. So yes, Nick Foles and the Eagles kind of, sort of, find a way to eliminate the Vikings again. The Chicago Bears find a way to eliminate the Vikings like they did in the playoffs back in 94. Uh, where do you go from this? There's about a million different angles you could come in with this one. A lot of different <laughs> frustrations and disappointments. The fire Zimmer, fire Spielman takes that are all over the place in social media and on uh, post-game shows and all that. Completely understandable. The frustration is mounting everywhere. This was flat out a wasted season. I mean, and that's the title to this episode. Wasted season. Complete waste. Eight, seven, and one. You spend $84 million on a quarterback thinking, well, there you go. But then, ultimately, this quarterback, as of today's game, coming into today's game, by the way, had a 4-24 and record going against teams with winning records, really. And now, <laughs> let's make that... Four and twenty-five. Look, this is beyond belief. Don't you guys do any research when you make moves like this? I mean, it's just like you know, and it's like okay, all of us applauded the move and it's exciting and this and that. We all knew it was too much money. We all knew he wasn't Tom Brady. We all knew he wasn't Aaron Rodgers. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not. I mean, I don't even know if he's Eli Manning. And I, of course, I mean the good Eli Manning, the one that well, when he gets everything together. He's a completely different person than the guy out there making weird mistakes and all that and <laughs> having some weird weird days, yet he still would put up pretty nice numbers for the New York Giants, in his, even in his young days, in his pre-Super Bowl days. But, I mean, was there even a plan coming into this, though? When you know the guy struggles with a bad offensive line, with without protection, he struggles and he makes mistakes in that situation. Was there even a plan? You have a kicker that could make his kicks. Last year, Kai Forbath, he struggled a little bit in the middle of the season, but he got it together. It's trade up for uh, Daniel Carlson. Luckily, we got Dan Bailey, who's, I, I don't know, he's definitely settled in very nicely. I say just keep him now. Just like Kai Forbath, keep him. Don't trade up in the draft to get a kicker, please. You know, <laughs> if Rick Spielman is the general manager after tomorrow. If it was up to me, Rick Spielman would not be the general manager tomorrow, but whatever. You, you create the awkward situation. You have a quarterback still owed, God, $28 million in each of the next two seasons. Ah, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? That's only $56 million more million guaranteed. So if you cut Kirk Cousins, you got to write a $56 million check tomorrow. Um, that'll, that'll work out. So tomorrow or March or whenever that is. So you can't cut him, but there was no plan. There was no plan. I mean, uh, Joe Berger retired. You kind of knew he was going to. James Daniels, Dave Hickey, wink, wink, James Daniels, not Jeff Daniels. I don't know why. I keep getting Jeff Daniels from something else, some like a different sport or some other player years ago. But yes, James Daniels out of Iowa Hawkeye land, where obviously they produce a lot of good offensive linemen and some decent running backs over the years. James Daniels was sitting there. Other players obviously were sitting there too, but James Daniels was the easy pick there. And, well, he was on the other sideline. He was on the other offensive line. And when he's starting for a 12-4 and football team that could... Very, very possibly go to the Super Bowl this year. I mean, this is the best Bears team since 1985. I mean that when I say that. I mean, there's been a lot of decent Bear teams since then. There's been a lot of junk. There's been a lot of mediocrity. 
this is the best Bears team since 1985, and I'm making that statement now. But no, if James Daniels is starting at guard for that team, do you think he could start for the Minnesota Vikings at guard this year? Do you think we could use him? Nice pick in Brian O'Neill. So that's the thing where you hear the conclusion here. In the uh, again, another one of the post game shows, Venn's line and all that. That yes, it's a mixed bag for Rick Zielman, and I agree with that. Of course, you've had some nice hits. It was a good hit with Teddy Bridgewater. The injury was nobody's fault at all, at all. It was just extremely bad luck, and now he got to play, and we're happy for him today. We'll talk about him in the second segment. That's kind of nice to see him get a shot to play again and play well. And uh, I wish he was wearing purple again. That would be really freaking cool. Wouldn't that be cool if Teddy Bridgewater could suit up for the Vikings again? We could sure use him. We sure could. But no, I mean, just one, one more offensive lineman would help, obviously. But it's like it just got ignored and ignored and ignored. And the whole Dennis Green style in the pass, where he only took offense and he kept ignoring the pass rush on the defensive side. So there was never any pressure on the opposing quarterback in the past. And now it's the opposite. There's too much pressure on our quarterback. Because, again, we're ignoring the offense this time. Because it's just too gosh darn one-sided. <laughs> Pardon my almost French there. It's too one-sided. And it just keeps happening. And it's never going to change. I mean, what are we going to take next year? Another cornerback? Are we going to take a cornerback? Or, or are we are going to take a linebacker? Because, well, you got to replace this guy if we let go of Anthony Barr and all that. You know what? I would kind of understand that if the offensive line wasn't this crucial and this bad. And if, they, if the offensive line wasn't absolute 110% of absolute <laughs> urgency right now, if you hope to have any success with this quarterback, this $56 million still owed to a quarterback the next two years, you have to have an offensive line of some sorts. You don't like to think about the win now, win now, win now, but you know what? You put yourself in the situation, so go out there and clean it up. Or get the hell out. Basically, that's basically where we stand right now with the general manager and even the head coach in a lot of ways, too. Too many failures, too many mistakes. I think Mike Zimmer is officially on the hot seat. Any honeymoon that was still around, I mean, obviously it's long gone. I think the honeymoon was over in 2016. It kind of, uh, Mike Zimmer definitely regained a lot of everyone's trust last year with a 13-3 and team, despite a crazy quarterback who was actually pretty good and had a wonderful little season and he made a lot of made a lot out of nothing when he when there was a lot of nothing going on and he was able to make buy time and find the open receiver where this guy couldn't buy time and find an open receiver for his life most of the time on occasion he does but then the next moment it's just another panic and another mistake and it's just or just another missed opportunity which is a huge well example of what this whole gosh darn season was to begin with a missed opportunity a wasted opportunity and a wasted season at the same time, Chicago is an awesome team. They are. And <laughs> you know what? They are. They're annoying They're annoying to play against because you can't get a freaking first down when you think you should be able to. When it gets Miami, well, you know, you, you just run the ball and it's five, six, seven yards later. Well, that's pretty much what Chicago did to our defense today. They just ran the ball and it was five or six yards later. I mean, we were the Miami Dolphins today and they were the Vikings of two weeks ago when the Vikings had a, a mixed bag and an entertaining type of a offense. Some simple stuff, just, you know, like how engineering is better when it's not complicated because when you're designing something, you know, do something that's smarter, not harder. If you make it harder and make it all complicated, your product isn't going to sell. You're just wasting time and money and resources and you're probably going to get fired. Whereas uh, Chicago, well, 
well, they went simple. They get complicated, but it's simple enough that you're just like, why didn't I see that? And it's too late. And that's why Mr. Uh, Nagy is pretty much the coach of the year, pretty much for the Chicago Bears. I mean, this team was like a 4-12 team just a couple of years ago. And remember how I kept saying after the end of every season, this was the Vikings a year or two ago, where you could just feel the improvement coming. And then the move for Khalil Mack kind of uh, amplified that just a tiny bit. <laughs> just a little bit. And then Mr. Trubisky today looked like a guy who, well, he wasn't that scared. He wasn't that great, but he wasn't that scared either. He made some big plays. And, the, and then even our defense, once again, letting us down in big moments. Where, well, if this is what you're all about is defense, Mike Zimmer. Why is your defense letting you down in the biggest game of the season? Again. Again. Yeah, they, they let us down again. In the Seattle game, they did not let us down. That was the one time everything was okay, and then the stupid Blair Walsh missed. Unfortunately, that still counts as a loss because you only scored nine bleeping points in that game. So, well, I can't feel too sorry for you either in that one. You only scored nine bleeping points in that game. you got to get in the end zone once. Just once, Norv Turner. But once again, I mean... You couldn't get the stops, you couldn't get the guys down, and then you did get the stops, and then you felt okay, and then the offense was three and out. And then the offense was three and out again. And then the offense was three and out again. And you couldn't get across the 50 bleeping yard line until there was like, what, just like five minutes and 55 seconds remaining in the half? You finally crossed the 55, no, 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 you didn't. You got your first first down with five minutes and 55 yards. I'm getting those mixed up. You finally crossed the 50 with, I think, was it two minutes remaining or so. I mean, it's just an absolute joke. And still, I mean, you finally got a field goal out of it. Of course, massive frustration. You got across the 50, though, and you felt like a million bucks. It looked like there was a play, and then you saw Thielen and uh, Cousins blowing up on the sidelines a bit, where basically Cousins was telling Thielen, I didn't have 10 seconds to throw the ball. And Thielen was just kind of getting madder and madder at him, and they're just explaining stuff to each other, going back and forth. Ah, whatever. Basically, Cousins explaining he didn't have the time to get Thielen the ball. That's why it was so badly underthrown, because he was figuring, hey, you know, you're going to curl and, and catch the pass about 15 yards rather than try to go for that 25-yard touchdown or so it was. And, um, well, that just kind of was what it was. Uh, Thielen was running around the sidelines. And Cousins was hoping he would curl into the flat to kind of like uh, catch up to the play, the situation going on. And that's not what happened there. Well, it is what it is. Jordan Howard got what he wanted throughout the entire game. Just fall forward and that's about it. You saw other moments in this game where, again, you had Mitchell Trubisky wrapped up. And there you go. You're only down by, shoot, what was it at the time? Oh, I don't know. What the hell? You're only down by 10 points at the time. And then you're even down by three points. Three points. Three points at the time. The Bears' offense is starting to reel a bit. They're starting to bring in their backups more and more because they're realizing, hey, they're the third seed, whatever it is. They're they're 11 and 5 going forward. They're the third seed. It's not going to make any difference. They started gradually bringing their backups in and wisely taking Khalil Mack out because the last thing you need is a last second hyperextended knee in a game that was been that was over, you know, earlier for whatever reason, one way or another. Dennis Green with John Randall in 98 against Arizona. I'm not bitter about that at all. I'm still not bitter about that. Could have used John Randall's help in that Atlanta game a little more than we got because there was zero pass rushing Chris Chandler in that game. I'm not bitter about a game that happened 20 years ago that I haven't watched since or anything, but I'm still not bitter about that one. But uh, I think there's a lot of bitterness among Viking fans that has been building up for about 50 years now. 
<laughs> going back to 1969. But uh, in a game, the Vikings should have won. And again, they peed down their leg in the biggest moment. But uh, Kirk Cousins, though, I mean, that's one of the elephants in the room. I mean, there, there's too many elephants in the room. This room's not big enough for the elephants in this room. Kirk Cousins, 4-25 and 25 record against winning teams. And you give him $84 million with no offensive line when you know he's not really that kind of guy. You know, he's not a scapegoat kind of guy. He's not Rich Gannon. He's not Teddy Bridgewater, pre-knee injury. He's not Kirk Cousins with the, uh, or Kirk Cousins, uh, what the heck was his name? <laughs> Case Keenum, the little escape artist he was. It's just, was there any plan coming into this? To me, this says there really wasn't. You know when you're at work and you're just stunned at the way things are put together and you're like, what were they thinking? And the answer is, they weren't, Joe. <laughs> they weren't thinking. I, I don't think they were. I think they just figured, hey, let's put the best available guy in there regardless and we'll go from there. And, well, we're 8-7-1 and one at this moment and out, down and out. That's what we are. So that's what happens when you don't really think. <laughs> there was no plan. I mean, there was no plan. There were guards available. A lot of them were taken, tackles and guards. Frank Ragnall, who's unfortunately on Detroit's, you know, in Detroit's trenches, they looked awfully good today, finally. It took the whole season to get there, but best game of the season because Green Bay didn't even, you know, oh, they're ready for a complete change of uh, pace, I'm sure, in that place, complete change of scenery in that area. Um, but no, Frank Ragnall, obviously, if you were going to get him, you would have had to trade up and all that. The good news is, well, the Vikings will be picking higher in the draft, and, well, let's just hope and pray to God we don't have to reach for our, for our next tackle or guard, whatever it is. I'm thinking guard, but... Maybe tackle. Maybe tackle. Or you move Remmers back to right tackle if he survives the offseason, if he doesn't get cut. I mean, he's been awful the past couple of weeks, but again, he's been playing out of position for the last year and a half. So, I mean, he's a better tackle than he's a guard. I would say he's a he's an average tackle and a bad guard. Um, whereas Brian O'Neill, the thought is maybe, maybe, just maybe he could be the left tackle of the future and you bring in another one. And uh, you move Remmers, or excuse me, Reef to guard. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but I'd say take as many offensive linemen as you can, the best available, and pray to God that it's that it's not a reach. Like, this guy should have been a second rounder, and we're taking him 15th. That would suck. But, um, well, too bad the Vikings didn't have the forges they did the year before with Pat Elfline still hanging around in the third round. That was a spectacular pick. But, well, that was more luck than anything, I think, because Elfline, if people knew how good he was, he would have been gone. You know, obviously, that's that's your best offensive lineman on this team, easily. Uh, Riley Reef has been playing hurt all year, and you've been kind of stuck uh, with uh, frustration moments with that. Obviously, injured foot off and on during the season, and having him one-on-one with Khalil Mack in the Bears game a few weeks back was like, you know, suicide. And, of course, in the Rams game, things didn't go well either. Mr. Donald there, Aaron Donald just running over him like he wasn't even there. I'm all over the place again, but, well, there's a million things to talk about here. Uh, you're okay at running back? I Just bring them both back. Bring them both. If you draft a third one, cool. Go from there. I like uh, Amir Abdullah as well. He's a decent returner. Special teams did a much better job the last few weeks. After he looked really awful, and yeah, after the Patriots game and such, when all of us are ready to fire Prefer, I think there's going to be some kind of changes in the coaching staff. Uh, do the do the Vikings bring back 
Mr. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, not Ed Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski. Do they bring him back? I guess. I mean, it's kind of like, why not? If you're not going to fire, like, everybody, well, I would say keep Kevin Stefanski. If you are going to fire everybody and start all over with the coaching staff, then it is what it is. Or at least fire uh, Rick Spielman and create the awkward situation of a different general manager with the same coach type of deal, which the Wild are in right now. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, But today, the Bears' defense was so good that the Vikings' offense looked like garbage. And also, at the same time, again, there was no plan. You're just putting these guys... You're fighting... You're fighting, like, nuclear tanks with, with spears and swords. It's just not working. You, 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 you just didn't prepare properly, guys. And that's all I got to say about that when it comes to general manager. And, of course, you know, the the, uh, the general manager. And I think Rick Spielman, or Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, obviously, pounding his fist on the table and having us go after one or more cornerbacks over and over and over and over again. He's had wonderful success developing these guys. Holden Hill has been a pretty good success considering that was a very desperate situation. Um, Mackenzie Alexander has been a spectacular success compared to what he was like a year and a half ago, and a lot of us are ready to cut him. I mean, uh, um, I mean, half half of the fan base was ready to cut Mackenzie Alexander coming into this uh, training camp, and look at him now. He might be the best of all of them. I mean, he is unbelievable. He is one of the. I mean, you're hearing it on local shows now that Mackenzie Alexander is one of the best uh, slot corners in the NFL. Could you imagine anybody saying that 12 months ago, 18 months ago, 6 months ago? Could you imagine anybody saying that? But he has been awesome. The deflected passes, staying with his guy. Everybody gets beat once in a while, and that that is what it is, but I thought he did a wonderful job. Holden Hill was definitely thrust into major action today with the... uh, Loss of uh, Xavier Rose, not available. Again, hurt last week. We had a bad feeling he'd be hurt. The hope was the, the Bears would have nothing to play for, and the Vikings would be playing a lot of backups. Just like when the San Francisco 49ers, many, many years ago, the first Viking game I went to, uh, it's like, I, I wish I went earlier, but in 94, that's still a long freaking time ago. That's, what, 24 years ago, the final game of the season. The 49ers were 13-2. and The Vikings were 9-6. and and Steve Young, after two after two uh, series, went out of the game because he was hit a couple of times. And it's like, okay, no. <laughs> we have the number one seed wrapped up. Hell with it. And the Vikings kind of coasted to an easy victory that led us to an NFC North uh, NFC Central, excuse me, at the time title. We were hoping that's what would happen today. The Vikings would easily get past the Bears today and uh, get into the playoffs with a 9-6-1 record, whatever that is. So it's kind of like we're 10-6. and six. Let's pretend that Daniel Carlson made the kick. They were so we're basically like a, the equivalent of a ten and six team, and everything's fine and dandy until we go into Chicago and hope for the best there. I hope Mitchell Trubisky's uh, not up to the task. But the thing is, Mitchell Trubisky's going to play his first playoff game. We don't know. What if he's way better? What if he's like Eli Manning? Once Eli Manning got to the playoffs, the guy was a killer, an absolute murderer. Kirk Cousins, a guy who can't even win against teams with winning records. Do you have faith in this guy as your starting quarterback in the playoffs? Yet we're talking about Super Bowl contenders with a guy who's four and twenty-five against teams with winning records. That's not bad. That's. I mean, that's freaking awful. Oh yeah, freaking awful. But no, it's there's other words I can describe that that are much worse. Flat out atrocious, god awful, uh, 
unbelievably, unspeakably bad. Uh, it doesn't make any damn sense. How can you possibly be that bad? It's like not even trying. Yeah, a lot of those probably kind of could factor into your thought process. Four and 25 against teams of winning records. You know, those numbers were out there before. And, well, shame on all of us. Shame on all of us for not uh, catching on to that. I thought Treadwell caught the ball. What the hell? I thought Laquan Treadwell caught the ball. I believe uh, if he did, but I guess they showed that he did not, that it was an incomplete pass. He was just targeted. But uh, Laquan Treadwell, with his final target of his career with Minnesota, I believe happened today. There has got to be no way Laquan Treadwell returns to the Vikings. There's just no way. Um, the only reason he was playing today was because, unfortunately, Chad Beebe, who we thought was officially ending the career of Laquan Treadwell with Minnesota, as some somebody's going to pick him up, believe me. He'll at least get invited to somebody's training camp and go from there. Um, Jacksonville brought in Troy Williamson. We, that didn't last long, but he still played for them for a little while. Uh, but no, Chad Beebe hurt again. I don't understand how that guy keeps getting hurt. He's not even playing in real games, so... I don't know. I mean, how, how can you get hurt that many times in practice? It's kind of ridiculous. Um, Aldrich Robinson dropped, like, multiple gimmies in this game. I, I I don't know if I want him back or not now. Uh, he had some wonderful moments during the course of the season, but he stunk today. I mean, easy catches that would have been first downs. And again, situation where you had Mitchell Trubisky wrapped up and you get a stupid idiot holding call. I was trying to get to this earlier, and I just jumped into something else. <clears throat> An incredible frustrating holding call in uh, Javon Curse. I don't think he played the rest of the game after that because that was just the stupidest, most unnecessary thing. You had Mitchell Trubisky wrapped up and that was it. Perhaps the guy would have been open enough, the receiver for Chicago would have been open enough that maybe Trubisky would have taken a chance and not taken the sack, but odds are they would have not completed the, they would have not completed and converted the first down on that play, but um, that just kind of was what it was. Yeah, and that fourth quarter drive that basically iced the game. Five consecutive, you know, see, now this is, again, Mike Zimmer. Now we all want to talk about how Mike Zimmer is the greatest defensive coordinator ever, right? And all this and that. And you know what? He's absolutely fantastic, and we love his body of work when it comes to the secondary especially. Like, look look at the development of these guys, all of them. Because, I mean, Rhodes wasn't good with Leslie Frazier. In fact, I mean, he was just a rookie, but still. Trey Wayne started off awful, and then he got better and better and better and better. And Mackenzie Alexander, look at him. Mike Hughes caught on right away. And Holton Hill, I mean, unbelievable job. But to the point that I'm leading up to here in the fourth quarter that damned the whole game forever, the drive, the drive by Chicago, the drive, not quite as beautiful and dramatic as John Elway's or Joe Montana's. John Elway's famous 98-yard drive that took the Denver Broncos uh, to, to a playoff victory. Ultimately, not a Super Bowl, but San Francisco's drive, though, in 1988, about 90 yards to, to the end zone from Joe Montana to defeat the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati's last appearance in the Super Bowl and the last year they even won a playoff game, by the way, 1988. <clears throat> the AFC title game was their last playoff win. <laughs> 1988, man, 30 years ago. Um, but it was the drive. And it wasn't the... It wasn't the greatness and complication and hard-to-figure-out offense of the Bears. It was just the poor execution defensively by Minnesota. Five consecutive third downs converted against the Minnesota Vikings. Liar! You liar, you! Liar! Oh, my God! That is pretty much all she wrote right there. I mean, that sums it all up in a few words. 
that's pretty much all it takes right there, and that's why the Vikings lost the game was, well, that, that was the end of it, along with all the other garbage I mentioned, but that was the, the end of the line for good right there. With that, <clears throat> we'll pass out the awards if it's humanly possible. The Are, are you ready for the, the winner of the Fran Tarkenton Award today? It's Matt Weil with the bullet. He did a hell of a job. He had a 65-yard punt, ultimately a penalty against Chicago that ended up being like 80, it ended up being an 83 yard change of field basically pretty awesome, he averaged 51, <laughs> he averaged 51 and a, 51 yards a kick and it was in the 20 ties and at twice at zero touchbacks, so Matt Weil we don't need to cut him either, He, I think uh, he started the season pretty terrible, he continued to get better and better and better during the course of the season, so Matt Weil, congratulations, I think this is the second uh, Fran Tarkington award that he's gotten this season, I can't give it to anybody else, why should I, I mean, why should I, it, it isn't Cousins, <clears throat> the Christian Potter Memorial goes to, I mean, should we just give it to just about everybody else? I mean, I, I don't know, Kirk Cousins missing this guy or overthrowing that guy or panicking here and there or just not not never being on the same page with anybody. Or can you really blame Cousins half the time? The offensive line let him down time and time again. Luckily, none of the running backs or anybody fumbled. Amazingly, this is the amazing statistic of this entire game. Zero turnovers. The Vikings, of course, did not get a turnover with Mitchell Trubisky either, which is a huge bummer. But we didn't turn the ball over either. So that's actually pretty amazing when you consider that at the end of the day. But still, I mean, just a yucky game. Um, I can't get mad at Diggs. Thielen and Cousins not being on the same page on a play that might have been game-changing. Extremely frustrating. Aldrick Robinson dropping multiple, like, gimmies. Just makes you sick. Um, just generally... Or the plan itself is the Christian Ponder Memorial. It's Ponder-like. It's easily correctable. Coming into the offseason, it's easily correctable to fix that offensive line, you know, but you didn't correct it. Just like Ponder never corrected his easily correctable mistakes, and that's why Ponder is uh, doing something else today rather than quarterbacking anybody, even though he looked okay with San Francisco for a few minutes. But um, that's about all she wrote. 24-10, to 10, Chicago is the third seed, and I think a Super Bowl threat. I think they could beat the Rams in Los Angeles, and, well, if they do, more power to them. The Saints, I don't know. We'll talk about the whole playoff preview in segment number two. That should be a lot of fun to talk about, even though the Vikings aren't in it. I still enjoy keeping up with the postseason. It's a lot of fun. I love the month of January because football playoffs are very, very, very fun to keep up with, particularly the first two weeks. Once you get to the conference finals, it's just two games, and that's it. And then, of course, the biggest game of all, and you hope it's a fun couple teams. It's not Seattle-Denver again. God, most unwatchable garbage I've ever seen in my life. We don't want that again. So let's hope for a nice, uh, nice, fun playoffs. We don't want to see too many blowouts. Well, let's talk about the playoffs after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Now it's going to be like playoff preview time for the most part. 
One of the playoff positions isn't officially set yet. The Colts and the Titans are flashing in the background right now. The Timberwolves beat Miami Heat, which is great. So that's nice after screwing around with Atlanta. So they made up for that. Uh, well, what a season, huh? Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the playoffs. We'll look at a couple of the regular season scores really quick. New England racked up uh, number two with the 38-3 win over the New York Jets. Todd Bowles has been fired. Vikings Bears, we already know. Tennessee, Indianapolis is up 14-7 to at the moment, heading into the half just about now. Buffalo whooped on the Miami Dolphins. They might be looking for a new coach at some point in Miami. That was a pretty big, harsh finish. Um, I'm not worried about the NFC North right now. I'll just say it right here. 31-0. to Detroit over Green Bay in Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers didn't play much in the game at all. There's just nothing there. And Deshaun Kaiser's not even backup material, I guess, and that's why Cleveland sucked so bad last year with that horrible record. Um, 31 nothing, good game for Detroit. Maybe Patricia hangs around for at least one more year. I mean, you can't. it's not real often you see coaches get fired after a single season. The Saints, well, let's look at Teddy now. I'm just going to go whip through these real quick before we look at the NFC, uh, AFC postseason and NFC and I'll just have multiple scenarios of Tennessee and the Colts, I think. Because I have two ideas with those two. Like, what would happen if the Colts make it? And what would happen if the Tennessee makes it? It will be significantly different. So, But it, it's easy, though, as well. Um, <clears throat> well, Teddy Bridgewater did play again. The Saints ultimately do not finish 14-2. and They kind of slacked off and let this one go today. They finally scored 14 points in the fourth quarter after Carolina slowly but surely built a 33 to nothing lead in the game. Somebody named Dwayne Washington. I wonder if he's related to the former Viking cornerback. And uh, I'm, I'm not interested enough to look it up, but uh, he was a running back for the Saints today. He got 108 yards on the ground. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I know. We all know who Dwayne Washington is, and obviously he's, he's had some success with the Saints, but he doesn't get the, uh, doesn't get the touches that uh, Mark Ingram or, of course, uh, Elvin Kamara get. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater ultimately almost 64%, 11 of 22. Kind of like Kirk Cousins' numbers, actually, sadly. He had an interception and a touchdown in the game. Not great quarterback rating. The Saints were kind of just screwing around, and a lot of the main players were not on the field today, understandably. Except Zach Line, the former Viking uh, fullback. Good for him uh, with the Saints. Traquan Smith, Benjamin Watson. Benjamin Watson. Hmm. <laughs> Michael Thomas. So they got some action out there. Unfortunately, poor Teddy didn't get to get get a whole lot of uh, a good sample size. So we'll see if he gets a big chunk of change in the offseason with somebody. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a starting quarterback somewhere next year. Jacksonville's looking for someone. I think the Miami Dolphins are okay with Tannehill for now. We'll see. He's he's obviously a pretty good quarterback. It's the rest of the team that stinks at this point. Um, But okay, nice to see Teddy get back into action, but not a good game, not a good sample size at all for him. And Carolina finally won one bleeping game, and adios Ron Rivera, I suppose. Uh, Dallas Cowboys wrapped up their division. Obviously, they already had it, but they wrapped things up officially with a 10-6 record, put the Giants' Pat Shermer's club to 5-11 in a classic Giants versus uh, Cowboys clash in the final game of the regular season. Cowboys only win by one point. That Dallas defense not so great today. That's going to have to be better if they wind up playing the Saints at some point, if they escape past the first round after the Sea Chickens. Uh, should the Chicago, as long as the Chicago Bears win, Dallas would have to go to the uh, the uh, uh, Superdome or whatever they call it. Yeah, it is the Superdome, but obviously there's like other names with it now. I don't think they're going to have the same success, but we'll talk about that later. Cowboys, again, 10-6. and six. They'll be playing the Sea Chickens, and I don't know, Sea Chickens might win that game. They look like the better team. They're actually very similar teams in a lot of ways, but 
the sad part is Seattle's like better in freaking everything. Just Dallas has a better record because it's a sucky division. Seattle's got the freaking Rams in their division, so what, whatever, you know. Uh, Tampa Bay loses by two to Atlanta, and their coach has been fired. So, so far, two coaches have been fired before Black Monday. Tampa and New York Jets, all both looking for new coaches. We'll see what happens there. Will Mike McCarthy be the head coach of either one of those clubs? Who knows? Who cares? Uh, Jacksonville will be firing their coach tomorrow, probably. Like, 99% chance is uh, that Teddy Bridgewater's uh, destination at some point, maybe. 20-3, to three, Houston Texans wrapping up their third seed and all that. They will not get the number two seed because, well, Patriots are just better, damn it. <laughs> no. 20-3 to three victory, though, for the Houston Texans as they finish 11-5, and five, just like the Pats. But the Pats beat up on the Texans earlier in the season. Los Angeles Chargers, well, they got their 12th win, 12-4 and four record. They would, you know, they're almost as good as the Chiefs, and it's just incredible. You can go from a number one seed in the whole conference to fifth. That sucks. All because they just could not get that doggone win. Oh, that's too bad for the Chargers. That, that, that hurts. 23-9 over the Bronx. Chiefs roll over the Oakland Raiders. That was just like a nothing. So that's unfortunate, major unfortunate for the Chargers there. And even the Patriots who might have had the number one seed, but actually they couldn't have if the Chargers, uh, yeah, if the, if the Chiefs lost and the Chargers would have had it anyway. So Patriots were going to be number two anyway, so they will have to go on the road as long as the Chiefs don't choke in the second round, which they very well might. Get another first round by and choke again. We'll see. Rams roll over the 49ers. So the 49ers did put up some points, but Nick Mullins with some interceptions that cost them dearly with a pick six. Pittsburgh barely survived Cincinnati, but they're pretty much done and dusted now. Unfortunately, they're kind of like the Vikings with that weird 9-6-1 and one crap. So doesn't look good for Pittsburgh because, well, the winner of Tennessee and Indianapolis will be 10-6. and six. So it's all done for Pittsburgh. Even though they won, it's just it's too late. So kind of is what it is. It's because Baltimore won today. That was the one that did it. Baltimore's victory did it. Seattle over Arizona. They wrap up the fifth seed in the National Football Conference, so good for them. 27-24, just barely. Took like a last-second chip shot field goal, but uh, yes, old Sebastian over there was not going to miss. Philadelphia 24 to nothing, and I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, Flip the Eagles, man. Yeah, they're dangerous, though. The Bears... That's a dangerous game for Chicago. I bet they would have loved to play the Minnesota Vikings next week. And a lot of fans in the uh, post-game call, post-game conversations were saying the same thing. You know, Chicago may regret this because, well, it might be, it just might be Nick Foles' time again. <laughs> You're going against the defending champion, and they're playing like it again. So... I wouldn't get too cocky if I were a Bears fan right now. And, you know, and they're a wonderful team. As long as they survive Philadelphia, then, okay, maybe they're the Eagles of this year. But I don't know. I kind of think somebody else is the Eagles of this year, unfortunately, and I'm not happy about it at all. Something about that home field and earning it and all that. It's no joke, and it never is, and it wasn't a joke in 2009 either. Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. Having home field in 2009 could have would have made a huge difference, believe me. The, the Baltimore Ravens and the famous Brown Bowl. You get two Brown Bowls every year, one in Baltimore, one in Cleveland, because, of course, they both were the Cleveland Browns at one point. The current club looks extremely promising going into next year. And I think, as weird as this sounds, as much as I hate the son of a gun for what happened in 2009... I think Greg Williams deserves to be the coach of the Cleveland Browns. Um, seven, eight, and one, and that's and that's with barely losing to Baltimore. They could have been 
8, 8, and 1. That doesn't make sense. What am I saying? 8, 7, and 1. They could have had the same record as the Vikings. Wow. They wouldn't have made the playoffs, but still a winning record for Cleveland. Uh, I, I think he deserves uh, recognition, does uh, Greg Williams. Good job. Hell of a job with the Cleveland Browns. and Good, solid defense. And then Baker Mayfield is just looking the part. He's uh, had an unbelievable season. Oh, of course, Mr. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had 50 touchdown passes this year. So, again, if the Chiefs choke, it would be a pretty epic choke. Because this time, this time they have a real, 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 real quarterback. But again, Priest Holmes had 27 touchdowns in 2003, and they couldn't even freaking survive the second round. You know, the, the first round by whatever. They couldn't even survive one bleeping game. That's ridiculous. It's 93, man. 1993 is the last time the Chiefs won a playoff game. That's a long time ago. 26-24, Baltimore wins the Brown Bowl and wins the AFC. And the last time the Baltimore Ravens were 10-6 and and squeezed into the playoffs and all that and looked uh, like a really dangerous team and all that. And with a young quarterback, they uh, did something pretty magical. They didn't fire their offensive coordinator or anything, but they did something awfully magical. Um, They knocked out the Patriots, if you can can remember that. And uh, off they did. Off they went into the Harbaugh Bowl, and they won the Harbaugh Bowl. So pretty impressive. Remember, they crushed the... uh, Denver Broncos, a very good Broncos team. They just knocked them right out of there. So watch out for the Baltimore Ravens. They're they're dangerous. Ten and six, squeezing into the playoffs. Final game of the season. Here they come. They don't have that crazy lunatic uh, linebacker as their uh, star player anymore. But uh, Lamar Jackson's got some talent, boy. And I loved him with Louisville. I absolutely loved Lamar Jackson with Louisville. I was actually hoping the Vikings would have taken him in the draft and. I forget about this stupid Cousins nonsense, and I, I kind of wish they did. You know, if it's one Louisville quarterback for another, I'd have been perfectly fine with it. And Man. <sighs> Offensive line, huh? Yeah, a guy who could run for 90 yards in a game against a pretty good defense. 90 yards rushing with offensive line problems in uh, Minnesota. You know, I think, uh, I don't know, he, 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 he might have struggled here, but I think he would have made... Something out of nothing sometimes. I I don't know. We'll just leave that alone. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't have been a good mix. Maybe it would have panicked too much and ran too much. But, ah, uh, boy. 80, $84 million. $84 million. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I I just don't know. Um, Indianapolis is now up 17-7. to 7. That's, well, it is what it is there. Building that lead going into the half here. Still not even at halftime. Just kind of, oh yeah, here we go, final ticks here. I don't think the Titans are going to win the game, even though they're at home. They don't even have their starting quarterback. I mean, Blaine Gabbert, you're counting on Blaine, even though they're the home team, if you're counting on Blaine Gabbert to take you into the playoffs, I don't know. Uh, Marcus Mariota just can't stay healthy at, at, at times. It's a dangerous team, but they never win anything, so whatever. I'm assuming it's going to be the Colts. The Colts, the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts in the postseason, so we'll go with that. Okay, let's just say Tennessee does win. They will lose to the Houston Texans. And I don't think Houston is a team that's going to have a whole lot of playoff success. So let's start off with, again, Kansas City is number one, New England's number two. So they're both off for the first week, okay? So New England is off. Houston will host the Indianapolis Colts. So if if they host the Tennessee Titans, they will defeat the Titans in the uh, Houston Texans' advance to the second round and lose to the Patriots. They would definitely lose to the Patriots. Patriots would be in the AFC Championship game with Kansas City, and I think 
Well, maybe. No, I don't even know if they're going to play Kansas City, actually. Let's slow down here. The Patriots will be in the AFC title game. Let's go to the other side. Are you ready for my big take of the uh, of the year here? Just like many, many years ago in 2000, when Brian Billick went into Tennessee, when they were a freaking awesome team. They were the defending AFC champions. They were extremely dangerous with the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Remember the 2000 Ravens. They were not the favorites to win that year, but they sure the hell got the job done, didn't they? They went into Tennessee. Ryan Billick stated right before that game, the winner of this game is going to win the entire thing, the Super Bowl. The winner of the Baltimore and Los Angeles game is going to win the AFC. The winner of the Baltimore and Los Angeles Chargers game is going to win the AFC. I, I believe that. Road or not, I think Baltimore can get it done. I think the winner of this game wins the AFC. <sighs> you know, it's I love the Patriots. I love what they're capable of doing. They rolled all over the Jets. They had a nice little workout today, got going again. I don't think they could beat Baltimore, though. I think they'd struggle. It'd be a close game, but I think Baltimore would beat them. I think the Chargers would beat them. I'm kind of hope I'm I'm wrong because I'd love to see the Patriots get one more crack at it. The Kansas City Chiefs, I'm assuming the Indianapolis Colts make it, and I think they upset the Houston Texans because the Texans are a team. I think Indianapolis is coming into some pretty nice fortune here because the Texans are a team that has a nice record and all that, but they never do anything in the playoffs, ever, okay? Unless it's maybe like, I think they would beat Tennessee because I don't think Tennessee would be up for it. It'd be a boring first-round game, but I think Tennessee would uh, lose to the Texans in a close, boring game. I think the Colts upset, kind of semi-upset the Texans. They're only a game worse anyway, and they're a dangerous team with a pretty good quarterback. They defeat the Houston Texans. Again, assuming the Colts get there. Baltimore and the and the Ravens, or Baltimore and the Chargers, I'm having a hell of a time picking a winner there. <laughs> I'm having a hell of a time. But Baltimore at home, I think, is more dangerous than uh, the Chargers on the road. Even though the Chargers have had some nice road wins, they've been incredible. And their their home stadium isn't that good. That's partially why it's almost okay that they don't have home field. Because their home stadium is kind of a joke. It does, it's too small. They're trying to get a new building, and they haven't gotten it yet. And this is one of the dumbest moves in NFL history. In fact, it probably is the dumbest move in NFL history. Why take them out of San Diego? Or maybe they should have been the team going to Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Chargers instead of the Raiders. It's just a clown show with the Raiders. Why would you do that? Like, that was, I mean, Oakland's got so much heritage with the Raiders. The autumn wind is a Raider. Not the Vegas wind. Not the desert wind is a Raider. The autumn wind, you're still going to get an autumn wind in Oakland. You know, I, I just, that was one of the, it's just, I'm never going to understand that. It should be the Chargers. If if the Chargers, if the if the Chargers moved to Vegas, it would make more sense than the freaking, uh, seriously, it would make more sense than this, than what's going on right now. Let's just leave it at that. Then the Chargers moving to L.A. The Rams are L.A.'s team, and that's all it should be. It should be just the Rams, or if it's the Raiders moving to L.A. Okay, maybe you move the Raiders to L.A. again, which would be kind of stupid and weird, and the Chargers to Vegas. Or you just leave them all alone, but I guess they just can't do that. Um, I like the Rams in L.A., though. I love the wearing those uniforms, the retros. <sighs> there I go off in La La Land again, and the good news is you'll get to hear from Mad Martin, so he'll clean up my mess a little bit, uh, leading off segment number three. Mad Martin is back. Wishing us all a happy new year. But I'm not even thinking about the new year. I'm just pissed off about this one still. The Colts, though. I think the Colts defeat the Texans and they knock off the Chiefs. Long story short. 
the Colts actually are going to go to the AFC Championship game because they, they're they getting a good draw. But may, maybe not. I mean, that's going to be a really fun, entertaining game. Patrick Mahomes, you know, again, the Chiefs always fail in the playoffs. They just have it written all over them. I'm going to pick the Colts to win that game. But if the Chiefs go on and win and make me look dumb, that's fine. Do you, do you blame me for picking against them, though? It's like picking for Cincinnati every year. How stupid was that? I mean, they always lost. I don't care what their record is. It's 11-5, and five, whatever, versus a 9-7 and seven team. The, the, the Bengals always blew it. Um, that's why I look at the Chiefs right now. Until they prove me, uh, prove me wrong, Patrick Mahomes with your 50 touchdowns, you better do something. But uh, it's Baltimore's going to win the uh, the game, I think. I think Baltimore's going to beat the Chargers. It's kind of hard to say because the Chargers are so bleeping good. That's why I'm having a hard time. But, yeah, yeah, I think Baltimore's going to beat the Chargers, and I think they're going to knock off the Patriots. And, you know, it's crazy. I'm coming to the same conclusion Dave Zinnikin did, just with my own research here. It's like, you know what? Dave Zinnikin, who hosts In the Zone on Saturday mornings regularly with uh, Trent Tucker, he, he came up with the same scenario. And I am not riding his coattails here. I'm coming to the same uh, scenario because just look at the situation. The Ravens are dangerous. And the Colts are running into a couple teams that never do anything in the playoffs. So to me, it makes sense. That's why I'm coming up with this. I'm not writing his coattails. I'm doing my own analysis. The Chargers, uh, I don't know what to make of them. I, boy, I like them a lot. And again, I'm going to continue to say this. The Chargers, if they do beat Baltimore, they're going to the Super Bowl. I think they could beat the Patriots in uh, New England. But uh, yes, they would still, if the Colts win, they would still go to New England. Otherwise, the Chargers would go to the, uh, Kansas City. And I think the Chargers would beat them. It'd be a very epic battle. Interestingly enough, because of the division rivalry and everything, Kansas City would actually be more likely to win because they know him better and all that, which sounds really crazy. But the Chargers ultimately, uh, I think they can get the job done against the Patriots. I'm not very confident in New England this year in the playoffs as in the past, especially if the Patriots, let's just say they were a wild card team, they would lose, I think, right away to like San Diego, or excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers or Baltimore Ravens right away. The Colts, I think they'd beat them, but... um, I don't know. Right now, I've got Baltimore versus the Colts, which sounds really funny. It's a Baltimore Bowl all over again. <laughs> Baltimore current versus Baltimore past, just like I was talking about Cleveland current versus Cleveland past. Absolutely love the Los Angeles Chargers, but they're not as they don't look as lights out as they did before. That's kind of why I'm leaning towards Baltimore. They're picking it up at the right time in the right place. The Baltimore Ravens uh, go to the Super Bowl this year. Let's go to the uh, NFC, pardon me. That is completely set. But regardless, if the Colts lose... So let's go with the Colts lose and the Tennessee Titans win. Houston advances to play the Patriots. The Patriots win. And the second, uh, the Patriots, of course, would beat the, uh, the Houston Texans. Chargers versus Baltimore, all that stuff. Baltimore would win that again and would go to uh, Kansas City and knock off the Chiefs. And Baltimore still goes to the Super Bowl because I think they beat the Patriots on the road. They've done it before and they do it again. So Baltimore still goes to the Super Bowl. It's just a little bit different uh, alignment getting there. That's all. With the Patriots not getting beat in the first first uh, the, of the the first uh, set there. So that's what's going to happen at the end of the day, in my, my humble opinion. New Orleans Saints, first seed in 
the NFC, and pardon me if my voice is getting a little bit worse. I've not been feeling good, so hopefully I'm not getting too stuffed up here. Uh, Los Angeles Rams also 13-3 and on the season, finishing very strong after a couple of frustrating losses, including to Chicago. This is going to be tough, very tough, but Philadelphia is more dangerous. See, if it's Minnesota, I think it's an easy win for Chicago, which you know how much I hate saying that, but I don't trust Kirk Cousins, and, well, Kirk Cousins is proving everybody why I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't. Just like I didn't trust Alex Smith with the 49ers or the Kansas City Chiefs with all those good records and all that. I didn't trust Alex Smith because he never did anything in the playoffs. He just didn't. Uh, Let's just continue. Saints, number one. Rams, number two. And I hate the guy who did something with San Francisco years after that, but we'll keep that quiet. We'll let that go. He doesn't, yeah, let's leave that alone. Chicago versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, that is going to be black and blue classic football. Uh, But it's going to be great defense versus extremely dangerous offense, which also has a very good defense. Philadelphia could get it done. They could. The Bears with home field, I think, is a major advantage, though. I think it's a major, major, major advantage. I think they're kind of like, in a lot of ways, like the Ravens of the... uh, Well, then again, you could say Philadelphia is the the Ravens of the... uh, the NFC. In a lot of ways, they are. <clears throat> I think Chicago is just a, just a better team than Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is very, 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 very dangerous, clearly coming into this. I'm having a hell of a time with that. Seattle versus Dallas. I think the Seahawks knock off the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Seahawks. I don't like either team. I hate the Seahawks even more than Dallas, but um, that's just how it is. I think the Seahawks advance. <sighs> And, of course, that would depend on who wins between Philly-Chicago, where they would play next, which could be really interesting. If it's going to L.A., that could be extremely interesting. I don't think anybody's beating the Saints, unfortunately. So it's like that's kind of foreshadowing. Chicago, I'm going to say Chicago does beat the Eagles. I think they're just they're just better. It's more their year than Philadelphia. It's going to be a closer game than people want. It's going to be like 24 to 17, 24, to 20, 24, 21, something really close. I think Seattle wins fairly convincingly over the Cowboys, sending the fans home uh, frustrated, like 27 to 10, something crappy like that. So Seattle would go to play the Rams. Uh, Seattle would actually go to play the Saints, which would not go so well. Um, the only hope for Seattle is that their defense is just absolutely locked down like it was against Minnesota. Unfortunately, though, you don't have John Filippo. Uh, calling the calling the plays for the Saints. You have <laughs> somebody much better, Sean Payton, who's won a Super Bowl as a head coach and basically the guy who makes the play calls. So Seattle will not uh, survive that game. I mean, if the Saints some, or somehow, some way, it's just, just not their day like it was with Dallas earlier in the year, something funny like that. That's the only hope that you could see the Saints getting knocked off in the first round. And if they do, oh, that would make the, the playoffs so much more interesting because... Otherwise, right now, I don't see anybody being the New Orleans Saints, and I really hate saying that because I don't like them at all. I'd, I'd rather see the Rams win the Super Bowl than the Saints, and we already saw the St. Louis Rams win. This is a different group. I don't trust Jared Goff in big games, though. I don't, which tells you something coming in. If Seattle played the Rams, that would be very interesting, a divisional game. Ooh, the Rams. If the Rams win, it would be very close, high-scoring but Seattle's going to probably go to the Saints because I do think the Bears win. At the end of the day, they'll play the Rams, and that is going to be an extremely interesting game. I think the Bears knock off the Rams. If the Bears win, they will knock off the Rams. If the Eagles win, I think uh, 
well, they'd have to go to New Orleans, and that would be the NFC title game that never happened. We'd get to see what it would, what it would be like. Unfortunately, this time the Saints would be at home. It would be interesting to see how the Saints would do in uh, Philadelphia last year, but um, we'll just have to wait. We'll just uh, that's just one of those things that never will happen, I suppose. Interesting scenario there, where the uh, Eagles would have to go to New Orleans. Hmm. But I don't think they're going to knock the Bears off. Bears head to L.A. They beat the Rams. Believe it or not, they are going to beat the Rams on the road. I, I just think they are. They're they're good enough. They know how to beat the Rams, and they will. And the the Bears will face the New Orleans Saints in the NFC title game. And unfortunately, the Saints will get revenge on the 2006 NFC title game. It won't be a big blowout. It'll be a pretty close game. But the Saints will just be better, you know, 10 points, 7 points, whatever it is. Unless uh, Nagy has something really crazy up his sleeve and can really pull something off offensively to really foil the Saints at the big moment. And maybe Nagy's the... uh, Maggie Nagy, I mean Maggie, Maggie Nagy, maybe Nagy is the uh, Doug Peterson of this year, where he'll just pull a rabbit out of his hat and things will, things miraculously will happen, and uh, Trubisky is ready to go. But I don't think Trubisky is ready to uh, do anything super special. In fact, he might not even be good enough in Los Angeles. But I, I just got a feeling that Bears defense is good enough to really mess up uh, Jared Goff. I think that's the difference. It's more of the Bears defense messing up Jared Goff than. Uh, uh, Trubisky, uh, then uh, the LA Rams defense messing up Trubisky. As much as it's two super duper young quarterbacks out there, you get the ancient quarterback who knows absolutely what he's doing. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Patriots and Saints in the Super Bowl, quite frankly. Um, Lamar Jackson, though, if it's Lamar Jackson versus uh, <laughs> Drew Brees in the Super Bowl, unfortunately, right now, you know who wins that game. Baltimore does not win their their third Super Bowl. They'll go to two and one in their Super Bowl history. In fact, actually, you could uh, well no, let's not count the Colts because uh, the Colts actually did lose one of the Super Bowls too, so they would not be undefeated. But um, in the Ravens era, the Ravens have been two and zero. They would lose this time around, and the Saints end up winning their second Super Bowl in nine years, which sucks. Tom Brady or Tom Brady? Uh, Tom Brady, I think, might retire too. Maybe, though he doesn't want to. Um, Drew Brees might. There's a good chance, even though he's still totally got it. Drew Brees might retire. Maybe it's Teddy's team next year. Who knows? But I think the Saints end up winning the Super Bowl. And I will have uh, <laughs> updates every week because I'm probably not going to be perfect. But, and I might have a change of heart going into the uh, next round. But we'll have to wait to see. Or I'll just stick with what I have going. But officially, the Bears will face the Saints in the NFC title and not win, unfortunately. The uh, Ravens will face the Colts and will win in the AFC. With that said, that's my preview going into next week. Extremely long, extremely extensive because, well, that's the whole freaking playoffs. With that, we'll take a break and you'll get to hear from Dave Martin to lead off fan interaction with a lot of unhappy, frustrated Minnesota Viking fans, myself included. Segment number three coming right up. AJ. Well, it's 25 to 1 in the morning here. The game has finished, and uh, I guess luckily for us, the season's over. Uh, what can you say? Um, it's poor, wasn't it? For a team like the Bears, who didn't have really a great deal to play for, and the Vikings, who had everything to play for, it was quite unbelievable. They came out flat 
they didn't really seem to have any desire or passion or heart to win that game. Now, I don't know who that's on. Is that on Zimmer for not preparing this team properly? Who knows? Well, they just aren't hungry enough for it. One thing's for sure, things are going to have to change. Now, Zimmer and Spielman go into the last year of their contracts, and maybe that'll be the end of those two guys. I think Zimmer's done reasonably well. He's not pushed them onto that final level. And Spielman's made too many errors at crucial positions, i.e. quarterback. Is Cousins the answer? I don't know. I don't think he's had the opportunity this season to do what he can do best. Cousins isn't Case Keenum, and Keenum was slippery as hell last year, which made his team look much, much better than it actually is. (sighs) I guess at least... Not winning tonight means that we don't have carnage in Chicago, which it would have been next week. There's no two ways about it. Um, Incredibly disappointing, but the kind of season that we expected. Anyway, my friend, um, I hope you have a prosperous and happy new year. And also all the, uh, the Purple Mafia guys and gals out there. Have a great year. And maybe, maybe next year will be that year. But I'm not holding my breath. Skull! And I can't thank you enough for that, Mad Martin. Happy New Year to you as well. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland, gracing the airwaves once again. Thank you so very much. And can't really disagree with anything he said there. I mean, how just... I don't know. I mean, these guys should absolutely be on the hot seat, I think, without a doubt. Uh, especially Spielman, I think. But Zimmers definitely should be questioned going into next year as well. I, if it's like this again next year, I think Zimmer's probably gone. And I think Spielman's probably gone. So it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, like he said, they're on a one-year contract. I'm not looking for an extension for either one of them. So this it's it's a very tough, awkward situation. Uh, just like one of the callers came in, called in and said as well earlier on the Ventline show how if you're coming into the season with lame duck, with a lame duck coach, lame duck GM, it's really tough to bring in free agents. So there's that too. It's an interesting situation going in because I don't want to extend them and it might be too early to fire both of them. But I, I don't know. It's kind of a tough situation, but I guess welcome to Minnesota sports when you think about that. Uh, thanks again, Mad Martin. Though. Awesome call. And I'm, I'm not holding my breath either. Let's get to Twitter. We'll be hearing more from Mad Martin now. At Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. I also want to thank uh, James Beck for retweeting the previous show there. Thank you very much for that, James Beck, uh, out of the UK. Sam Gupta recently said, Hey, Joey, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you, your family, and all the show supporters. Thanks for keeping the podcast rolling, and you're, you're very welcome. I can't believe it, 11 complete seasons now, and I was saying God bless you, Sam, and Merry Christmas to you and yours, my friend. So, yes, thank you again very much for uh, being loyal to the show. Uh, Sam Gupta's got Purple Mafia Hall of Fame all over him as well. Because uh, he's stuck with the show since, like, 2009, I believe. That's quite a while. So, thanks again, Sam Gupta, for that. And God bless you for uh, always being there. He's one of those quiet guys. doesn't post all that often. But he's always there. He's always he's, he's always been listening. And that, that that's a big deal to me. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says the early NFL games are a total bore fest, and gosh, yes, they were. Uh, New England blew out the Jets. Jets weren't even trying. Packers weren't even trying against Detroit, and it was just beautiful. I was basically telling him I already turned them off. It's not worth it to even watch. And then Mad Martin was saying, cannot disagree. 
Long evening waiting for the game to start. Time for Cousins to step up to the plate. These are the games we are paying him for. And yes, that's the thing. We were paying him, but, well, he didn't show up, did he? He was saying if he lays an egg, it will have a serious repercussions as to where this team goes and exactly into the offseason. Another rubbish start from the O. Sadly, I don't see this going anywhere if we make the playoffs. Need an O-line, Rick. I'm philosophical about this game. We are not good enough. Might as well lose and put us all out of the misery. We needed a false start, not this. We needed a fast start, not this scrap. <clears throat> yeah. And I was saying, finally, a legit stop, and then this. Yep. And then this. And then we just, you know, we get that stupid penalty. And, yeah, it's nonsense. And that's when Man Martin said, it's the Vikings. Of course you can. Not sure I'm staying up until the end. Boo. One bleeping first down when it means this much and they don't show up. What a disgrace. If I were if I were the Bears, I would rather play this bleep show again <laughs> than uh, risk going up against the Eagles. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying too. And um, it's uh, it's scary. It's scary to imagine. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I mean, it's scary to imagine. Yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles, I think, are going to be a much bigger challenge for the Bears next week, which is kind of funny. Uh, Mad Martin says, guess that he gave up. Don't blame them for, uh, don't blame them, but save us from carnage in Chicago next week. Yep, like he said in the call, this was bad. Next week would have been embarrassing, and yes, it would have. He says, Happy New Year, my friend. Another year of disappointment. Maybe next year will be the year. Unlike the fans, this team had no heart or desire today. And I was saying, I hope, I hope I'm, uh, people saying, I hope you're wrong when I was saying, yeah, I was saying absolute garbage, and it's probably not going to get any better. And I don't know. I'm very, very uh, pessimistic about the team right now, and that's kind of how we get in a game like this as well. Uh, the Colts, 24 to 10 over Tennessee right now. Tennessee fans, I'm sure, getting pretty pessimistic as well about their club. It doesn't help when there's no um, Marcus Mariota either. So thanks again, Mad Martin. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. Please do give that a follow. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated in a big way. So let's move over to the uh, Facebook area, the Facebook section of the fan line and all that. Let me give a quick shout-out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, nice in-game threads, nice conversation, Vikings news during the week, the off-season, whatever it is. It's the off-season now, and who knows what's going to happen tomorrow if some something, boom, this guy's fired or whatever. Who knows what's going to happen on Black Monday tomorrow is... The Vikings could be a Black Monday team. You just don't know because when you're out, you're out. And, well, you got to find a way to improve things somehow, some way. Change of philosophy with your coaching, this and that, your different general manager, different assistant coaches. Who knows? It's going to be interesting. A certain player's cut immediately. Who, who knows what's going to happen? But uh, Emin Vikings Haven is a wonderful uh, Facebook page. encourage you to join it. You have conversations out there. Trevor Wickerin, kind enough to allow me to post... Uh, links to Purple Mafia on that page. So thanks again. He is the founder of that Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show is this page right here. Thank you very much for joining those of you that have and I encourage you others to join it as well. It would be greatly appreciated. We're going to dig around a bit in the in-game thread if humanly possible i'm always skeptical with this thing it's just yeah it's weird now it's not what it used to be where you could just click on it and it would all be in order like the the oldest there the oldest at the top and the newest as you go further and further down now it's like all over the place and extremely annoying 
Yeah, I guess I'm the most relevant. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not the most relevant. Do it in order. Leland Albertson out of uh, Iowa was saying stick a fork in it. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says Cousins is not dependable. Sure, his stats are good. See, exactly. His stats are great. He got like 30 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions on the season. Those are awesome stats. I could just imagine somebody just kind of like fantasy football or whatever, like, oh, you know, hey, Cousins, you know, I mean, he really is a heck of a quarterback. Why are you guys ripping on him all the time? Because what does Tony Coleman say right here? He's awful when it counts. Just enough right there is a, just that alone right there makes him a star candidate. Of course, Mad Martin's a star candidate. He's awful when it counts. I don't know why they ever gave him as much money as they did. And uh, I couldn't agree more with you, Tony Coleman, right there. Purple Mafia, Hall of Fame, right there. Mark Carlson's out of Iowa. Again, another Hall of Famer says, all that's left is a heartbeat, and even that is weak. Tony responds with lots of work to do in the offseason. What a disappointment this season turned out to be. Yankee out of Brooklyn Center says, this D is bleeping junk today. They play third third and fourth string receivers, and we can't even lock them down. And yeah, yeah. Brett McCarthy very active throughout the show, saying our defense is gassed now. Josh Mayer Henry was saying we can't stop them. They are without the top three wide receiver. How bleep, how shitty is that? Yep. I hope the draft and offense and I hope we draft offense and get a good offensive coordinator this offseason. So Brad McCarthy's ready to move on from Stefanski and I don't I don't blame him if you think just a completely different guy, but we'll see what happens. I, I, offensive line is where it all really starts. Third round defense is shit today from Josh Mayer Henry. Mark Carlson says this must be the most penalized Viking game all year. And yeah, it really was. And maybe the Bears fare no better. It's hard to watch without bitching at the TV. Yeah, very much, and yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Kurt Back says Remmers is a is a pussy. That's funny. Oh, horrible penalties. And yes, there was a roughing the passer penalty that killed us also when the Vikings had stopped the Bears, where basically Stephen Weatherly just kind of shoved Mr. Uh, Trubisky, and the Vikings got a makeup call much later in the game when it barely mattered. Um, so that kept our drive alive. I I don't know. I guess you just, you know, I mean, once the quarterback lets go of the ball, just stay away from him. You have to pretty much treat it like training camp now. Like, once he lets go of the ball, stay away from him. Um, of course, training camp, you can't sack him at all. But I'm just saying, other than that, if he has the ball, go ahead and sack him. Hit him, whatever. As long as, you know, as long as you're not going for the knee or the, or the like, head-to-helmet-to-helmet crap or illegal hands to the face, you're going to get a penalty anyway. And that's expected, but... Uh, what an absolute bleeping mess, though, this game truly was. Um, Brad McCarthy says, it's been a great year. See you. It's been great, guys. See you next year. Mark Carlson says, finally home and got the game on at the half, and he was just very disappointed. Very disappointed, without a doubt. So, digging around in the uh, in the in-game thread a little bit, figured I'd get some of that going, some of the energy from that. Let's go to the post-game thread here. Because I think this is going to be more active than some of the others have been. Oh, come on. I had it. What a headache, huh? <laughs> Tony Colvin. Oh, I love that comment. Hopefully that this will show everything. It better. Damn it. Okay, so Tony Coleman says, Vikings gonna vike. <laughs> yeah. He says, Could get rid of Spielman since he seems to have little to no concern about the offensive line. And it, yeah, it's been a problem forever. As far as I'm concerned, the O-line is job number one with an exclamation point, and I couldn't agree more with that. 
Mark Carlson says, there is no doubt there are special players on this team. I have serious doubts about how they are utilized. Furthermore, I have to say, even Zimmer had a negative effect on the team. So maybe give Zimmer the Ponder Memorial, and he deserves it too. Zimmer has not show, Zimmer's not had his teams playing well in the, in the big games. He really hasn't. Um, that Eagles game was a joke last year. And this one was kind of similar. It says, let me comment also on the very stale play by the entire offense in the last game of the season. There's no excuse for such sorry, pathetic play. And, yep, I agree very much so. Uh, Mark should always be a star candidate. Gerald String looks like he's got something interesting popping up here, which, yep, let's see what this is all about. He drew a reply from, uh, a reply from uh, Kevin Pravstek. So, Gerald String says, well, one year over on the Cousins experiment. 28 million down the drain and no playoffs. That is a absolute failed season. It, it really is, and I threw that in at the end. An absolute failed season. That's why I'm calling it a waste. A wasted season. Two more years of this to look forward to. If we don't win a Super Bowl out of this, I think Spielman and Zimmer should get the boot. Oh, no doubt. I know there are a couple ex- exceptions over history where teams sold out for a Super Bowl and pulled it off, but is but it's not the norm. I still see the teams that have some patience to build through the draft and have a better shot about winning the championship. The Patriots, Steelers, Ravens, Seahawks, Packers are a few that come to mind. And I'm going to interrupt also really quick before I jump into where he is there. See, like a team where, the and it's funny too, where a team where it kind of worked out, your second favorite team, the, the Donkeys, the Denver Broncos, that's the ironic part. See, with Peyton Manning, they went all in with Peyton Manning, right? Because there it is. You're going to go all in for a win-now, Super Bowl type of thing. It's ironic, though. When Peyton Manning was great for the Broncos, they didn't win it. They got to one and lost. They got they lost in the playoffs and lost, 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 whatever. Despite, like, he threw 50 touchdowns, whatever, this and that. And then, when he's way washed up and past his prime, during all that time, Denver had been building through the draft, making uh, great draft picks defensively. And other players, just good bit players on offense, but great, uh, just they built a defense that was just to die for. And they won the Super Bowl that way. By the time that Peyton Manning was on his absolute last leg, barely able to even throw a football anymore, complete, completely washed up. Then they won the Super Bowl. So isn't that funny how it worked out that way? Where the quarterback was a, just, you know, he wasn't going to get them the championship. He, he put them on the, on the map, or he put them back on the map like Elway had in the past. But then, uh, Finally, they win it when he's on his last leg. That's hilarious. So we'll continue with Gerald String. He says, even the Bears this year, you could argue the splash with Mac, but that team was solid when he got there. They didn't sell out for a Super Bowl. No, they didn't. They made a big trade because it was an option. It was there. And they had a defense that was already good. Why not continue? They also made moves to get uh, Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback, in the draft. The other thing is, Khalil Mack isn't... 47 years old, like Brett Favre. Okay, I'm just kidding. Brett Favre was 39 when we traded for or signed him. Warren Moon was 39 when we signed him. Uh, You know, stuff like that. And then this one, we just plunked down a ton of money for a guy that never won a gosh darn playoff game, a la Warren Moon. Another Warren Moon in that sense, where, okay, he puts up big numbers and all that, but he never had any playoff success. Moon had no playoff success. Favre did, and we almost won a Super Bowl with him. That would have been lucky, though. Obviously, the age. I mean, not lucky. It still would have been. That would have been awesome. I would have been fortunate that we got him in that one last great season before he completely fell off the map the next year. Uh, because quarterbacks are going to get old. They are. 
like even even Brady. So it kind of is what it is there. Where was he again? Sell it for a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Just a good football move. Well, well, Purple Mafia, that's my take until next year, I guess. We'll see how things go. Have a sick feeling it will be two more years of this and then rebuild. I'm really hoping I'm totally wrong on that take. I hope so too, but I'm not too optimistic either. I think it's the wrong quarterback with the wrong uh, plan. And uh, yeah, Gerald String, definitely a star candidate. There might be a lot of stars in this show. We'll see what happens. Uh, Leland out of Iowa says, I have to fall back to preseason post that I took a lot of criticism for on here. Without putting a dime into the O-line, Cousins would struggle and we would be staring at no postseason and wondering why. I know there's not a lot of older people on here. But this Cousins thing feels like the Herschel Walker screw-up. Well, I mean, oh, there's a good number of us that remember that one, that are that were around that far back, uh, including me. He said, over, overspend on a mid-grade quarterback who still has no postseason wins. Exactly. Pads the stats, and when it matters, don't care, don't, don't dare count on him. A lot of work, a lot of offseason work ahead. O-line restructuring. Get a non-existent run game. <laughs> you cannot pass if there is no respect for the run. I do have to say thanks, Joey, for another great podcast season, and everyone in the Purple Mafia for all your post comments, insights, and expressions of your feelings to a lackluster season. You all make watching the Vikings tolerable at bad times and exciting at good times. Everyone had a great offseason. Looking forward to Joey's pre-draft podcast. Very insightful and a must-listen. Skull Vikes. And thank you, Leland, very much. I had a feeling he was going to be a uh, star candidate. Oh, he is. <laughs> and uh, Gerald String says, uh, great take, Leland Albertson. And then Leland shows Homer Simpson hiding in the bushes like, okay. Oh, that's Cousins when it matters. Yep, he just disappears. Perfect. Eric Mustard out of South Dakota says, Vikings carrying on the tradition. I wonder how many more years we are going to go with the mantra of draft the best player and not have them pan out versus drafting players, ahem, O-line we actually need. Oh, and that salary crap cap <laughs> is going to bite us hard. Unless Cousins agrees to restructure, but there is zero incentive for him to do so. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm afraid of, too, unfortunately. Tony Coleman replies with, Yeah, the whole, we don't draft for need, we draft for the best player available, hasn't been working out so hot. Which is why Spielman needs to get it together or go. And he does need to get it together. Let's let's see it. I mean, he's had enough chances, he has had enough time to get it together. Larry Lord, I don't know if he's from Wisconsin or what. Let's see, he says, maybe they should put together a team like the last Vikings team that won the Super Bowl. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> the last Vikings team that won the Super Bowl, huh? Yeah. Well, no. I, I know. I know. It's just, oh. That's what it feels like, though. You can only get sarcastic and mock the team. And now I just bumped something and everything is missing and messed up. Isn't that just fun? No, it's not. Uh, I think it loaded. <laughs> Don't you love when this kind of stuff happens? On air, making things easily correctable. This was the uh, wrong one. Mm, very frustrating. Okay, we'll join this one, and there we go. Back where we were. Larry, Larry Lord. Shelby Lund says, this one's pretty funny, too. A um, couple replies as well. <laughs> Shelby Lund from North Dakota says, Fire Zimmer, get McCarthy. Use draft picks on O-line and defensive backs. 
Defensive backs again, <laughs> but O line, okay. Get a good backup quarterback. I agree with that. Get a get a good backup quarterback because Cousins will be booed off the field before next season is out. And dump Cook and keep Murray. Hmm, that's a weird one. Trey Buckles responds with, "Well, that's about the craziest post I've ever seen." Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, keep dump Cook, huh? I don't know about dumping Cook. <laughs> that is crazy. Patrick Grant says. They got all played. If they post another mediocre record next season, Zim and Zielman's eats might be getting warm. Seats might be getting warm. Yep, I see that. And yes, and I think they are warm right now. I think the seats are warm and getting hot very quickly. Uh, William Carr says, yeah, we we have been threaded all night. Threaded all night? What does that mean? Hmm, maybe it means like we got shredded all night, I guess. Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible night. Without a doubt when it comes to the Vikings. So with that, I guess that's it. I don't know if there's any other Collins that popped in at the last second here. I was almost going to not finish the show until tomorrow. I wanted to kind of let the playoff thing bleed out. But I'm pretty comfortable with the Colts uh, surviving today. And my pick is a little bit crazy in the AFC. The NFC is a little more, you know, slightly more of a take, I guess. Slightly slightly more expected type of thing like uh, Bears versus Saints. Because I think Jared Goff and the, I, I think the Bears defense is gonna is gonna swallow up Jared Goff and frustrate him like they did earlier in the season. I'd be very surprised if the the Rams beat the, the Bears actually, if you can believe that. So uh, some people may highly disagree. I don't know. I think every team is beatable. The Saints are clearly beatable. Even the you know, the Cowboys proved it, so it's possible going in. But right now, I have to pick the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's the Patriots. I hope it's the Chiefs. I'd rather see the Chiefs win. I hope it's the, the Ravens versus the freaking Saints. I don't want them to win. I mean, I'm totally AFC. I mean, heck, I hope the Bears beat the Saints. What, what do you think of that? As frustrated as all of us might be at the Bears right now, whatever. I'd rather see them win than the freaking Saints. So I'm more bitter at the Saints than the Bears at this point. That's just how I am. Um, the Lions and the Packers bug me much more than the Bears do, honestly. But uh, it's just weird. I don't know what it is. Maybe Chicago fans just don't get to me like uh, Detroit fans do, and Packer fans get to everybody in every state. So with that, kind of wish all of you just thank you very much for a wonderful season. Of course, I'm going to continue to cover the entire postseason like I do every year. I'm not going away until the Super Bowl. Once the Super Bowl happens, or at least Pro Bowl week, I'll take that off because, well, you're just waiting for the Super Bowl. Nobody reviews just an all-star game. That's kind of silly. So just like in basketball and hockey, I take that week off usually if there's like no games. So if there's no games or they're just super short shows. Um, but uh, yeah, that'll be my next, that'll be the next time I take a week off from, from this. Obviously I'll do the wild card round, the division and, and conference championship week and all that. And uh, of course cover the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, the numbers tend to drop, but that's because the team of interest is not not on the show unless there's some major news that comes along the way, which there's always something. There's always some kind of change, some kind of move, restructuring this contract, cutting this guy, firing this guy, promoting this guy, whatever it is. So <clears throat> obviously there's going to be some type of news or just uh, we stand by these guys because they are the pillars of purple greatness, which is what we might hear tomorrow possibly in the uh, season-ending press conference. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, thank you guys very much for being a part of things throughout the season. You're all spectacular, and uh, that should uh, that wraps up the uh, Purple Mafia season in terms of the Vikings. But please continue to post during the wild card and all that. I'll post threads out there. 
wildcard week uh, thread. It'll literally be a general thing like, wow, great play by Patrick Mahomes or whatever. Wildcard week thread. Um, and it'll just be one thread. There won't be in-game, post-game. It'll just be one, you know, because I'm not expecting you guys to go crazy on there. But well, if you do, that's fine. It'll make the show more interesting, frankly. Uh, divisional round thread, NFC, AFC, or, well, conference final day thread, whatever, Super Bowl thread. I'll keep it coming. I'll be on the air. I'll be covering the the uh, playoffs like a blanket or as best as I can. And, of course, keeping up with the Minnesota Vikings. And I hope all of you have a safe and happy new year. I think it's one of the more overrated holidays of the year. But uh, a lot of you don't. A lot of you like it. And you have every right to like it because uh, we're all human. We all have our own interests and points of view. So it is what it is. That's what makes America great, right? <laughs> Um, we all have our different points of view, a little crazy takes like the Chiefs are going to crush everybody, win the Super Bowl. The Colts are going to pull off the miracle upset. They're the Giants of this year. Who knows? It's going to be fun. Um, feel free to post your takes on who you think might win the Super Bowl. You feel you go ahead and post that anytime you want. I might even post a thread on anybody's opinions and predictions and all that are all very much welcome on the show. Feel free to call in as well. 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for the Probable Mafia show. Do your statement, shout-out, shout out, comment, question, opine, whatever it is. It's a three-minute limit for that one. So just be aware of that. There's the call now button on the Facebook page which does the exact same thing. Goes to the same voicemail. You just use Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger to use it so it's completely free as long as you're on the you know Wi-Fi it'll work and work out great um, then there's the audio submission route which is you know I think the most effective way which is what uh, Mad Martin did you use a voice recording application on your smart device whatever it is any type of free voice recording application save it email it to paladino live at yahoo.com paladino live at yahoo.com and then I will officially, uh, of course, turn it into an MP3 file. Thank you to Zomzar.com for providing that service. To, uh, that way I can put it here into Audacity and have you lead off the uh, Fan Interaction segment. And no, I did not forget to pass out the stars. I almost did, but I did not. Uh, the gold star for this episode? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Should I give it to three people or two people? I don't know. I'm going to give it to three people because I'm crazy. And because it's just, you know... You guys are the greatest ever. <sighs> Mad Martin, Leland, and Gerald String all deserve it. I mean, every one of you deserves it. I can't just say, oh, this one's this, this one's that. You guys are all getting the gold for this episode. Um, you are. Uh, Tony Coleman's getting a gold-plated silver with Mark Carlson. Bronze stars to Brett McCarthy and uh, Josh Mayer and Henry, who are always gold star threats every single week. You guys are just unbelievable. I can't thank you enough for being so great all season on those in-game threads. Keep posting again if you can. Uh, I'm going to miss hearing from you. I, I hope you post about the postseason and have some conversation. Those of you that disappear, though, for such a long time, God, I miss the hell out of you. So hopefully Gerald, Mark, uh, Mad Martin, all of you, Dave Martin, Leland, Josh, Josh Mayer, Henry, Justin, wherever he went, <laughs> he got a new fiance, so that's probably why he's disappeared for a while, just like Sebastian did. Uh, God bless him with his uh, wife and kid now, young Sebastian over there. Uh, God bless you, Sebastian Barton. Um, man, can't thank you guys enough, though. Hope you guys uh, keep posting on the basic page and the little threads. We can have some conversations. and Call in. Call in sometime. I want to hear your voices, Mark and Gerald and 
Dave Hickey, of course, is just so, so good. Um, I think he was kind of missing. Yeah, he was busy during the game, but probably, you know, like he'll, he would, he would basically say, I didn't miss out on much, did I? Like that type of thing. And that's the thing, you know, like I would say the same thing if I didn't have a podcast to do and I wasn't committed to doing a podcast, it would be like that. But I'd often at least listen to it though. That's the thing. So, but if you flat out can't, because that's just the way the job is, it is what it is. And you catch up on it later for whatever reason. So, but, um, nope, you didn't miss out on much. Just uh, a lot of frustration and disheartment, uh, once again. With that, God bless all of you. And I will be back next week, so don't you go away. And we'll talk to you then in 2019.